Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Oh yeah, the fucking John is back, kid. Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. That's my name. Nobody cares. Somebody in my life told me I'm a narcissist lately. I'm like, really, dude? Am I a narcissist? I feel like... Like, what is a narcissist? Does that mean you don't care about your family and friends? I'm definitely not that. I mean, if you if you pursue a, something like comedy, don't you kind of have to like be motivated to do that and go out and act independently? Like, it's not like I just sit around and like stare at the ceiling and think about how great I am. I'm quite the opposite. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I am. Maybe it's something I need to think about. But I just feel like what is the fucking definition? I'm gonna look it up. Okay, according to this, I think I'm halfway to being a narcissist, <laughs> but not fully. Narcissism. Personality qualities include thinking very highly of oneself. I mean, do I actually think very highly of myself? Maybe? I mean, I, sh- I rag on myself all the time. Like, literally constantly. Needing admiration. I guess I probably do need admiration. Okay. Believing others are inferior. Now, I strongly dispute that. You know? I just think it's an easy thing to say in an argument. You're a narcissist. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, in, in what ways, dude? And then, and lacking empathy for others. I definitely have a lot of empathy for others. I fucking tear up about stuff, dude. <laughs> anyway, what are you going to do, you know? You can't keep all the people in your life happy all the time, you know? So, there's that. I played a pickleball in Central Park on Easter Sunday. Dude, it was amazing. This company, City Pickle, they basically the Walmart rink is where the ice skating rink is. And they put this like, I don't know what the fuck, some sort of material over the ice skating rink. And then they have like 14 courts. It's like $120 an hour, which sounds like a lot. But if you have four people, it's $30 per person. And you're spending, you know, a beautiful day in the middle of Central Park. And I learned that I, you know, it's like, I've got to motivate myself to go to Central Park more. I didn't even know this. There's a zoo. and There's also a kid's zoo. And in front of the kid's zoo on Easter Sunday, they had a rabbit display. That was cute. And then this like at 1 p.m., this fucking, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a carousel, but it's like these little animals and they go around in a circle and, and music plays. And there were like 50 people like videotaping this. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I've lived in New York for almost 15 years. I've never heard of that. I've also never been to the Statue of Liberty and I don't plan to go, dude. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit in that fucking, you know, go in the choppy water and stuff. I always used to have this nightmare that the Statue of Liberty would just topple over into the water like late at night and I'm in the crown. That's a bad way to go, dude. <laughs> the best thing about playing pickleball is the shit talking. It's so it's actually it is really good exercise, but the shit talking is mm, non parallel, kid. Non parallel, whatever those fucking things are. Also playing trivia online on your like Slack with your coworkers, also fucking amazing. The more opportunities you have to talk friendly shit, the better. (laughs) To me, that's what life is about. Maybe that's narcissistic too. If it is, then I don't care. So be it, dude. It's fucking fun. I love uh, Tina Fey. There was this Jeopardy clue and it said a joke that she made. I don't know where she made this joke, but Tina Fey said Gravity, the movie, is about how George Clooney would rather float away and die in space than spend time with a woman his own age. (laughs) Dude. That is fucking hilarious. That is such good writing. And just the image of him like slowly running out of oxygen, just <laughs> and then it cuts back to isn't it Sandra Bullock in that movie with him? It cuts back to her just like eating a nice meal by herself, just thinking about him like what? Seriously? 
This isn't working for you? <laughs> Tina Fey. What a writer. I used to host Broadway... Uh, sorry, I used to host stand-up shows at Broadway Comedy Club um, here in New York on, in Chelsea, or Hell's Kitchen. And uh, these barkers in Times Square, they're people that like try to get people to go to a comedy show and give them discount tickets. Oftentimes, they would lie and say that Tina Fey was playing there tonight. And I had to explain to the audience. I'm like, Tina Fey is a mother... I think she has two daughters, if I'm correct. And Tina Fey is not a stand-up comedian. She's a comedy actor, and she started in sketch at, like, Second City. Tina Fey does not do stand-up. Tina Fey is in bed. <laughs> I mean, it just sucks to, like, deceive people like that, you know? But also, hey, you know what? You guys should know more about Tina Fey's career history. And then you would realize there's no way she's performing at Broadway Comedy Club. Anyways. Who cares, Danny? Who cares? Oh, the Masters tournament was on this past weekend. And I love uh, one of my favorite stories about the Masters is like they used to or like back in the day, um, CBS, which is always there at the Masters, said, look, we want to put our logo on the screen. Um, and the Masters was like, no. And CBS was like, come on, we really want to put our logo on the screen. And then the Masters tournament told CBS, well, then we just won't put the tournament on the air. <laughs> And then they didn't do that. I'm sure there were a couple more pieces of that story. Like maybe they wanted to have more commercial breaks or something. But that's why the Masters is the greatest golf tournament. Because there's no logo on the fucking screen. The whole course is like a work of art. I love it. It's great. Okay. That's my comment on the Masters. I thought I, was, I, thought I had a guest lined up this week. But then I guess I didn't have a guest lined up this week. You know? And I feel bad. I'm like, do I want to like get, make my comedy friends do this podcast with me. I mean, I do want to make them do it, <laughs> but I feel like maybe it's better to just have kind of my like core interviewees, like my Tom McCaffrey, the hilarious comic. He and I do the pot all the time. There's like a few people that like really are like great conversationalists. And I'm like, you know, like if I ever get to a point where I'm spending money on the pod or I'm in a studio or somebody's paying me, then yeah, I need, to, I would like to step up my game and have like gas or more gas. I have guests, but I don't know. It's something I kind of struggle with. I'm like, is it worth it to fucking outlay cash to be in a studio, to have a space to go to interview people? Like my friend Malia Simon, she's been in the pod a long time ago, and I didn't know her that well. And I was like, hey, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to invite you to my apartment to record because that's usually where I was. I would record. And she's like, yeah, thanks. So we met at this coffee shop, and it's like, well, if I had a studio to go to, that would be better. But then the studio costs fucking money, dude. You know what I mean? I don't fucking know, dude. Just write me write write in with solutions. I read this uh, interview that I will now talk about. A book written by Sheila Liming. She wrote this book called Hanging Out, talking about how you know having unstructured time, just without a set activity besides like playing fucking bocce, is healthy, and we should spend more time doing that. And I totally agree, dude. You know, just like it's great to sit around. Like when I was in fucking junior high and growing up in Tampa, Florida. There were many, many times when the weekend would be just like, or not even the weekend, like after school, like three to six until our parents came home, it would just be me and my sister eating SpaghettiOs, watching reruns of this show, Alice, this old sitcom on TV. And just, it was great, you know? Or I'd come home from school and just like read Sports Illustrated and eat a pear with peanut butter spread out on it. 
I guess that's not actually hanging out if you're just reading by yourself. <laughs> Wait, does reading by yourself count as hanging out? I don't fucking know, dude. Unstructured time. That's the key. I guess that does count then. Um, but the book conceives of hanging out as a way to reclaim time as something other than a raw ingredient to be converted into productivity. You know, you got everybody's got their G calendar and like, all right, sorry, we'll keep this, we'll keep this short. I'll let you have ten minutes back in your day. It's like, dude, let's just fucking chill. So she talks about ways to if you don't hang out on a regular basis, like how's, what are some ways to get into it? What are the best ways to do it? She said she loves participating in a low stakes project. Her partner recently joined a bocce league. I love bocce. I, I did allude to bocce a few minutes ago. It's fine. It's fine. honey. you can do that. There is maybe no lower stakes game that exists in the world. You're just hanging out in the park with people. Dude, that makes me want to play bocce now. Pickleball is a better workout though, but bocce can be fun too. You know, and then this author talks about how she lives in Vermont and she works at this Christmas tree sale uh, every December. And it's like people in the community come and they sell the trees and then they use the money from the sale of the trees to support, um, I think, homeless people in the town or something like that. You know, just like charitable stuff, dude. <laughs> and uh, they say people, she says, people buy Christmas trees and we help them tie the trees to their car. But really, it's 10 people just drinking out chocolate. Having something for us to do to focus on together makes the interaction a little bit smoother. We talk about politics and culture. I learn things from these people, and then I don't see them again for another six months or a year. That's kind of cool. I like that, you know? And then she talks about being in this documentary, and it was kind of like about hanging out. And so she had this friend that they would hang out on screen, but she said that their relationship was fraying, but they had to maintain it for the sake of the plot which is strange because it's like they were being friends for this hypothetical audience, but not for each other. Isn't that weird? It's like, dude, we're hanging out. Do we like each other? Not really, dude. And then this article talks about work hangs when you like have to hang. It's like mandatory fun. And I agree. Work hangs do suck. But you know, like me and my team went to dinner uh, for the holidays and there was probably like 20 of us in a small room. And that was funny as fuck, dude. We had a great time. Like sincere laughs talking about things that are not like work appropriate just like having a great time but when it's like a happy hour at like 5 p.m and like a brightly lit kitchen it's like dude i don't want to do this also i don't like to drink during the work day you know I'm like okay guys we're gonna go bowling at three and i'm like no and also the thing with work dinners that i don't like is that was when they like happen early because everybody wants to go to the work dinner early so they don't burn up the night with their fucking work you know at work technically but then you show up to a restaurant at like 5 p.m. And like the people that work there look at you like, are you fucking kidding me? Why are you guys eating so early? The restaurant's completely empty. It's bright out. It's not the most fun thing in the world. I think so. I was talking to somebody this past weekend. They said that they worked at a staffing agency or something like that. And they said that everybody would just get if they were all like 25 and they would just go to the bar and get completely hammered and do coke in the bathroom. <laughs> and She's like, that wasn't good either. That was like too much. There's got to be like a happy medium, you know, maybe like a 7 p.m. dinner, but then you get, you don't have to go into work till like noon the next day. Ooh, am I a genius? Oh, I'm a narcissist. Careful, Danny. No, no, no. And then this author says that she doesn't, I guess she doesn't go on Facebook. She doesn't have social media and she hasn't had any of that for the past, like whatever, 15, 20 years. She does a lot of other stuff. She gardens, she plays bagpipes, she volunteers, she reads. And I'm like, dude, is that, is that a better life? But I don't know. I like, I honestly like scrolling through. I mean, I know everybody likes going through Instagram, but I enjoy going through Instagram stories because I like to see what my friends are up to. Like, you can't just like run around outside all day from like 7 p.m. to 
midnight going to all of your friends' houses or apartments. First of all, they wouldn't like that. <laughs> you can't just show up and be like, what's going on? I want to know about your life. But you can look at their story and see what, you know, 60-second snippet of their day they found to be the most interesting or valuable that they want to share on on Instagram story. So like, I don't think it's like a loser move or like a non-productive, lazy kind of vapid thing to scroll through Instagram stories. I think it's a good way to learn about your friends. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I went there. Oh, I fucking went there, dude. All right. And then the final quote in this article, I kind of, I really like this actually. The uh, interviewer asked her, one of your arguments especially is to be where you are. But when thinking about fostering relationships, it seems more intuitive to me to text a friend or a sibling rather than chat with a stranger while you're waiting in line somewhere. How do you think about prioritizing not the relationship that has depth, but the relationship that has only proximity? Yeah, it's like, do you want to hang out with like people you don't know very well? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. So her answer is that I keep thinking about this concept with reference to democracy. Democracy hinges on our ability to care about each other, whether or not we actually know each other very well. Like We have to have this feeling. I want you to have good infrastructure and good schools, even if I don't benefit from them. This hypothetical care is very important for sustaining the workings of the society that we live in. That's true, you know? I mean, dude, there's a fucking like mass shooting like every single day now. Like, what the fuck? Like, we are not functioning well as a society, dude. That is not good. Maybe we should start hanging out with strangers more. And then Miss Liming, Sheila Liming. I kind of like that name. Hi, I'm Sheila. Sheila Liming. The last thing she says is that she lives 2,000 miles away from her family. So I totally get prioritizing that. But if that means that we're taking ourselves out of a contemporary situation, and by contemporary, I think she means just present in the moment nearby, and ignoring the people around us, what we're also doing is sending the signal that those people don't matter to us, that the person sitting next to us in a room might as well not exist, which I think is a somewhat dangerous message to broadcast in a democracy. That's interesting. It's, it, that shit's kind of hard to figure out. You know, It's like if you're on the subway, obviously nobody wants to be talking to each other. I don't want to be spoken to. You know, but then it's like, where do we start to break that boundary down? Like, I, I go to this bodega sometimes and get a salad for lunch, and the guy behind the counter, he's so nice, you know. And I'm like, man, I should chat up these guys more, you know, <laughs> chat up these guys more. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking answer is, dude. Maybe the answer is to be a little bit more open to a more actual conversation in like normal day to day life, like walking to the fucking, I was about to say the post office. I guess a lot. Of, most people don't go to the Fokin, fucking the Fokin, the Fokin post office anymore. But I don't know. It's a hard thing to to parse through because you want to be respectful of people's privacy, and that I don't, dude. I don't want people to be friendly to me all the time everywhere I go. <laughs> like it's gonna get annoying. Like I have shit to do. Leave me alone, dude. So I guess that's my conclusion about the hanging out thing. I think it's better. You know, my fucking junior year of college. There's no need to say the f word there. Sorry. My junior year of college, I had like a decision to make. I'm like, okay. I can spend these remaining two years with my close friends that I've become close to, or I can like try to like meet the freshmen, you know, and like hang out with the freshmen. But I'm only going to overlap with the freshmen for one year, my senior year. So it's like, how much time do I want to invest getting another freshman? Like, I just want to hang out with my boys that are like my year, you know? So that's what I did. <laughs> and I also intentionally let, let my GPA go down. Wow, you're such a narcissist talking about your college experiences. Hey, it's art. Okay, I'm creating creating anyway thanks for listening to the danny palmer show I'll, I'll, I'll have a guest next week don't you worry don't you fucking worry although sometimes as a regular listener of this pod knows sometimes the fucking uh what do you call it solo pods do better than the interviews and the interviews are hard to set up so you know the solo pods are good too i don't fucking know 
I think basically the only way that this pod is going to become like a big success is if I just like get rich and then expend a hundred thousand dollars in advertising. I don't know. Maybe that's too like negative and stuff or stuff like that. Well, I guess this episode isn't getting to 23 minutes, which is the required minimum length for a mid roll to be inserted, but that's just fine with me because I don't give a fuck. All right. Uh, Danny Palmer NYC. If, if you're in Providence, I don't know how big of a listener audience I have in Providence, Rhode Island, but I'm opening for my good friend Julio Gallarotti at the Comedy Connection in Providence, Rhode Island this weekend. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. If you go to juliogallarotti.com, you can buy tickets. And uh, I'll put his website in the show notes because I'm not going to spell it out on the pod. All you got to do is just look down at your phone and then be like, oh, he put it in the fucking notes. And wait, why did Danny directly insult me, this, a specific listener, in the show notes? That's fucking rude, bro. Sorry, dude. I calls him like I see some. Um, I'm on Instagram, Danny Palmer NYC. Come out to my Black Hat show that me and Ryan DeCarlos do every Friday night. Black Hat Comedy is that Instagram handle. And this podcast itself even has its own Instagram page that I never pay attention to. Danny, The Danny Palmer Show. No one cares, Danny. No one fucking cares, dude. All right. Thanks for listening, you chance. Dude, 17 minutes. Not too shabby. Not too fucking. Yeah.